Greetings, I'm Kirsten Banksness, and this is the Kirsten's Agenda podcast, where I talk to all kinds of interesting people about all kinds of interesting things that I want you to know about. And don't forget to take time to rate, review, and of course, subscribe, so you're notified whenever I post new episodes. One, two, three, seven, Kirsten's Agenda is the name of my podcast, a personal departure from my crime-solving broadcast. There will be lots of segments and inspiring guests, some minutes of deep breaths, that is my quest. If while we're here, then our insides expand to be more compassionate to our fellow man and woman and person. And, and remember, the truth is that kindness is cool. Have sex with my feelings and fuck being cruel. Because our power it lies in our minds and our hearts. Opening up is a really good place to start. talk about a thing it's gonna be exciting today this is gonna be a cool episode this is gonna be an episode that might wake you up in things that you weren't aware you were asleep about we're gonna talk to Heather Jeffcoat a recognized expert in the field of improving women's health through physical therapy Uh, and she is the author of sex without pain a self-treatment guide to the sex life you deserve she brings a whole body approach to her work She works with women with sexual dysfunction and pain disorders. She works with transgender women after they have post-op, helping them to do physical therapy on uh, this body part that they have made manifest in in the world. She's been featured on the award-winning Sirius XM show Sex with Emily, as well as magazines like Health and Cosmopolitan. She's one of the owners, well, she is the owner, of Fusion Wellness and Physical Therapy. Uh, I'm one of her patients. Let's just be perfectly honest. and I owe a lot of happiness of my parts to her. Please, everyone, give a listen to Heather Jeffcoat. Okay, this is very exciting, very exciting. Because uh, you guys, I am very particular about making sure that people uh, that are on here are either people that I are very dear and close to me that go, no, you should have this person on or people that I have actively participated with. And I know like they're fantastic. This is one of those people. Uh, this is Heather Jeffcoat. She is the owner and creator and lady boss of Fusion Wellness and Physical Therapy, which I know about because I go there. She is a physical therapist, which is cool because like, you know, you're like, what is that? It's like when you hurt yourself or you do something, she like knows all this stuff about like, oh, that's because this muscle and now you got to strengthen this thing and you got to do. And uh, also she's a pelvic floor physical therapist. She helps women with their pelvic floors, whether they have issues uh, with pain with sex or pain with urination, whatever, anything with the lady business, uh, she helps. She, in the last couple of years, has dedicated a lot of her education to learning and being able to treat people who are transgendered women, who are post-op or, you know, needing their lady parts given a lot of attention and to help them wake up and feel thriving. And, uh, and she is uh, a genius and we're just so happy to have her. Hello, Heather. Hello, Kirsten. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm, I feel like we got, it's like when you get Dumbledore on, it's like, we've got 
someone super like that knows things and we all need to know these things. You wrote a book. Mm -hmm. I actually had this book before I, I met you and I, we've known each other for a few years now. It's sex without pain, a self treatment guide to the sex life you deserve. This can't go see her. You can get this book. It is on the Kindles and the uh, whatever you call it. And you can also get in this kind of copy. And it's got uh, pictures and things that you can you can do if you if you are. Now, some of you might be like, I've never, what, my vagina is just here and we're friends and uh, I, you know, whatever. I never have to think about it. Well, there's a lot of people at just different times in their life or for whatever mm-hmm. reason do have pain with putting in a tampon or having mm-hmm. sexual intercourse or whatever. And these are important things to normalize and just be like, you can do things about it because we get given this load of baloney that like, as women, we're somehow supposed to like not use our parts for pleasure and that we should just sort of like grit our teeth and handle it. You know, you were telling me that there's a lot of misconceptions about people that if you go to the doctor and you go like, I can't, I'm terrified of going to the gynecologist, which is a, right. a, a real thing that I have actually very publicly talked about on my Instagram. But like that, there's things that I've gone to gynecologists a long time ago. Now my gynecologist is a genius because you told me about her. Um, that have been like, oh, you're fine, or just take a Valium, or just whatever. It's nothing, and right. uh, or a glass of wine. That's the more yeah. Well, that's a misconception, right? Sometimes they say like someone says like it hurts when I try to have sex and what doctors will say, like, just relax, right. And just have a glass of wine and that. Yeah. Like it's that easy. And it's, they just don't understand how the body is working, how the muscles are working. I mean, if the muscles are already in like a short, tight state, then I mean, having a glass of wine is not going to help them. Or if they have constant pain, like vulvar pain or bladder pain, I mean, a glass of wine can actually make that worse, you know, could like irritate the, like their bladder lining. And so it's, it's sort of like if you go to an orthopedic, let's say, orthopedic doctor, and you had back pain, and if they say, well, just have a shot of tequila, you'll be fine. Like nobody in the world would accept that as medical advice. But somehow if you go to a gynecologist and they're like, have a glass of wine if you have painful sex, like why is that such like prevalent advice that they're giving? I have no idea. It also speaks to this idea that we've been taught sometimes as women that if our body is giving us information, especially that part of our body, that we should just kind of hunker down and ignore it instead of it's giving you information. I mean, in my case, my body stored information. It stores, it's a little emotional pocket or whatever. And you could be like, nothing traumatic happened to me. It doesn't, you could have one little moment that your body decided like, I need to protect myself. And it, I'm, I'm not trying to say like, Oh, everybody has a, you know, a shaded, creepy past. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that sometimes your body, just like if you hurt yourself and you get scared, that part of your body might super tense up and chooses to do that. Sometimes you need to teach it to relax. And the way to teach a body part, your animal to relax is not to, uh, you know, pretend like numb out you know, right. Medicate it. No, ignore it. It's to like, it's to, to deal with it. And, um, so you deal with people whose, whose muscles are either really contracted 
So like you have like a bicep and if I, that's how I've understood it. Like you have a bicep and it's like, you can't really do a bicep curl if it's stuck like this right. or someone who's for whatever reason, their muscles aren't contracted. And so the idea is to get it. So it has this full range of motion. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You perfectly explained. And so I can tell you were listening and you learned because you were talking about this length tension curve where we're like, you know, strong if we're up here, this would be looked at force. This is how long the muscle is. So you're exactly right. If it's short and tight, then it can't produce much strength. And if it's sort of overstretched and too lengthened, it can't produce much strength either. So when it comes to women that have uh, sexual pain, um, especially their muscles tend to be short and tight. So a misconception too, is that they should do kegels to help right. their problem. Yeah. Like it's some magical, like if you have any pelvic floor symptom, you should do kegels, whether it's incontinence or pain or, or whatever. And kegels will make that worse because it's already short and tight. So you're just making it shorter and tighter and you're not going to help that process recover. And, you know, you were saying before too, how, you know, someone watching this might not have that issue, but the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists had come out like a year or two ago and said that three out of four women will experience some sexual dysfunction um, and pain specifically uh, at some point in their lives. And I mean, that's 75% of women at some point, and that is insane. And for them to just say, you know, have a glass of wine, like, so they're really telling 75% of women <laughs> that that's what they should do. That's and, um, you know, it's that uh, just lack of them understanding because gynecologists um, aren't muscle people. And so they don't understand how muscles work. Like they understand organ function and they understand like what needs to happen during like childbirth, but they're not rehabilitation specialists. So they don't know how to recover the pelvic floor muscles after childbirth. They don't know how to downtrain or relax or calm the muscles if they're having pain. And that's where pelvic floor physical therapists come in. Right. And I wonder if there's somebody who watches this show who's like, why are we talking about this? This is why we're talking about this. Because yeah. <laughs> we've actually been trained to like, don't really, let's not, we don't have to do, we don't have to talk. I mean, I went for years of my life, of years of my like, um, you know, in my 20s, in my, when I was in relationships, dreading sex. And I wanted to be close. I wanted to be affectionate or whatever, but that build of like, okay, then this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And then what do I do? And then, oh my God, and then, like dreading it. Yeah. And we have as females, we have a part of our body that is our, our clitoris. I'm sorry, you guys, I have to say the words. We just have to talk about Use it and call them what they are. <laughs> the clitoris is there for no other purpose than to provide pleasure. The last time I checked, we don't have, the reason why our appendix is so tiny is because we're no longer birds and we don't need it. But our clitoris has stayed there because we need it. It's, mm -hmm. it's just for pleasure, whatever. No, it's there because we're meant to use it because it makes our whole system work better. It makes us, so this idea that we shouldn't um, pay attention to these things and actively do something to address it. And not everybody has the means to go see a physical therapist. You, there are more of you now out there in the world. And by the way, you guys, uh, Heather Jeffcoat is the president of the, I'm going to forget the name of it, but it sounds real fancy. <laughs> what are you the president? president elect. Uh, my term will start oh, next year for president the American Physical Therapy Association's Pelvic Health Academy. 
So it's where all the PTs go that want to be better pelvic PTs. <laughs> come on, come on. And, and so she knows what she's talking about and there's getting more and more and more of you. But this is something I, I'm telling you, all of us, it's scary and wonderful. It's so neat mm-hmm. to think that, you know, yes, you can go to Disneyland and yes, you can go on an adventure out in the world or travel to Paris. But if you can't, you can take a mirror and go on your own magic school bus trip to what's happening here. And if you yeah, say, and they should, yeah. And there's nothing there. It scares me or it's gross or mine. Mine's different than everybody else's. Yeah, it is. Everybody's different. okay. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, this- the labia library, have you been on there to see like whenever patients are like, is do I look normal? Uh, is this normal labia library? I think.org mm-hmm. is a, all sorts of variations of everything and they're all normal. So whenever people get concerned, you know, that's a place to kind of check out because you might find yourself there somewhere or something close, but um, it's all, you know, wonderful and normal. I've thought that so many times and being a bisexual person, I have seen, you know, I've seen up close and personal parts of, of, of people. And, you know, it's one thing when you look at opposite sex parts of people, you're like, okay, that that's them. If you look at same sex parts of people, Mm -hmm. you're like, What's wrong with me? Why don't I have that? And then you right. realize like, everybody is different, you know? Um, also, let's, let's get into the, some of the misconceptions about things because we were even talking about this the other day, I think you and I, about, um, um, and I'm super ignorant about this stuff. I, I had to learn. That's why I know about it, but I was naturally ignorant about this. I was not raised with like really solid, um, clear sex education. I didn't mm-hmm. have any. So I, I thought for up to an inappropriate length of time after I had actually done some sexy things with people that you got pregnant from holding hands. I did. I hate to admit that, but it was a little archaic and I'm from the Central Valley and um, they should fix that. Uh, so uh, a vulva. A vulva is not a vagina and a vagina yeah. is not a vulva, correct? Correct. Yes. They're two different structures and people will interchange them a lot, but the vulva is the external genitalia that includes the labia majora, the labia minora, or like, you know, the outer lips, the inner lips, uh, the clitoris, and, um, you know, all the clitoris bit that you can see, the clitoris bit that you can, that you look at. Yes, yes, it's external. Well, yeah, the external um, structures. And then the vagina is the internal part. Now, there's a point where they meet, and it's called the vulvar vestibule, and that's like the entryway to the vagina, but it's still an external structure. So it can be really helpful, too, if women are experiencing any pain that they know where their pain is to some extent. Like, because you can touch on the outside of the vulva, and here, so this is the vestibule right here. So, so that if someone's pain is there, then they have like vestibular pain, uh, but they might have pain like with penetration and it can be kind of hard, right? Like we're talking about like very little, it's like one to the other. So they might have vestibular pain plus vaginal pain as well. Right. But some women have like only pain with deep thrusting. So they don't have vulvar issues if they have pain at, you know, at the depth of their vagina. Mm-hmm. And it can be really helpful when you're talking to your provider as best as you can describe your pain and how it feels. And is it sharp or is it dull achy? And, you know, all of those types of ways you can describe pain, it can really help them, uh, you know, just assess before they even see you what, what they need to look at on right. the exam. 
Right. I appreciate all this so much because we do get told in our own minds. Not, it's not sometimes not even someone else telling you, but you can be doing something and being like, there's something wrong with me that this yeah. hurts. There's something, um, you know, faulty with my sexuality. I was so lit up uh, in the, whatever, what was it, a month ago when WAP came out? I was happy <laughs> about it. I was just like this finally. Or, and yes. then to listen to people be like, that's, to, no, it's not it's no. wonderful. And like, <laughs> it's wonderful. And to hear people like, that's gross. You're like, remind me to never have sex with you. They're stigmatizing it, you know, yeah. like, and it's the whole point of the song is for it not to be stigmatized and for it to be empowering. So yeah. there's so much shame wrapped up in, in so many things about like, um, can I ask you some questions? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I'm here for you. Okay. Um, masturbating. Okay. Is it a good or bad to masturbate with your manually or a vibrator or insertion? Is there a right way to mm -hmm. masturbate? No, I mean, the right way is the way that feels good to you. That's the right way. So, so there is no correct, like you're better. No, but, but some women though cannot uh, have an orgasm vaginally. So if they're just exclusively doing like penetrative intercourse or using a vibrator that doesn't have a clitoral stem, like that might not do it for them. So they just need to explore other ways, whether it's like manually or something with a clitoral stimulation or breast stimulation, right? Like our, our sexual response does not start and stop at the pelvic floor and the clitoris. So, you know, what, what lights them up and that's what, what is right for them. Right. So, so there's no correct, this is, you're not better if you can have an orgasm with, I mean, you might be, but someone might be able to say that you are having sex with like, wow, it's so great that I can just do this and then you're done. But some people can't have orgasms with a partner. Some people can't, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Ever, all of it is okay because there is the point again, of there are parts here that are designed for pleasure. And, and so to get them that, whatever that looks like, it might not even be an orgasm is the point. And you're saying yes. that it's okay. Like you can't, if you use a vibrator, that doesn't mm -hmm hurt you? No, no, absolutely not. Now, the only thing I think people should be careful of with vibrators is if they're using like a, a clitoral stem that's like really firm. And if they're pushing too hard, like, I mean, yes, you could potentially just like if you, you know, pushed somewhere else on your body too hard, like, you know, you might, you might bruise it or something. And you but, would know it, you would know it if you did that. Yeah. I mean, so I think you would uh, feel some pain, like your body would give you a signal that you should um, scale back from that. But, but not having an orgasm could be a sign of like a hormone deficiency too. So I think there, that's actually a condition called anorgasmia and that, you know, you should follow up with a sexual medicine specialist or like a urogynecologist who is a female pelvic medicine specialist that has like urologic and gynecologic and like colorectal training, like all wrapped in one. They're like the female health specialists, but they're also sexual medicine physicians as well that go through special training. And wait, you're saying a urogynecologist does all of that? Yes. Um, but some more, you know, they have focuses some more than others. Like some neurogynecologists might focus more in incontinence, right? Like bladder leakage, but others have more of like a pelvic pain, sexual medicine focus, but separately there are also 
cell, uh, uh, sexual medicine physician. So they go through like a urology or gynecolo gynecology training, and then they do a advanced training called a fellowship in sexual medicine. But that's like a big city thing. If you don't live in a big city, you probably don't have a sexual medicine specialist. Like I know of two in Los Angeles, right? So it's not this uh, really um, common, common uh, profession. Right. And if you don't, that's why there are things like you can find books and things and start teaching yourself. And th that is important, you know? Um, yes. I, I truly believe that women should not have sexual pain. Like, like there's probably some way to, at a minimum, significantly improve your symptoms, if not get rid of them entirely. So I don't think it's like a death sentence if you have vulvodynia, like, you, you just need to get to the right providers. And sometimes right. it's a team of providers. You know, it might be that like your physician, if you have a hormone deficiency and they, they give you like estrogen and testosterone to help with that, plus your pelvic PT that's working on your muscle overactivity and the tissue tightness that might also create some burning or stinging um, or itching. Like itching can be a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, and like tissue tightness. So women will have like these chronic yeast infection kind of feelings, but they'll, or sensations, they'll go to their doctor and then the doctor will say there's no infection, right? So women are just like, oh, I must be crazy. Like I feel like I, you know, have to itch. It feels like an infection, but it's probably pelvic floor dysfunction. And their next step would be to see a pelvic PT if their doctor's cleared them medically. Right, right. And it is, it is, I, you know, we're talking about stuff that requires health insurance. And I am distinctly aware that that is a luxury and especially mm -hmm. right now, um, which, I, but it doesn't mean if you can't do that, it doesn't mean that there aren't things you can do. And that I, I find for me anyway, that if I know where the destination is that I, I'm not there yet. Like if, if you don't live in a place where you could get to a, a pelvic floor physical therapist, or if you don't have the means to, but you know that that's the intent, and then you do what you can at home with yourself. I think it's amazing what will kind of line up. Um, yeah. But the the answer is not, my friends, to pretend that there's nothing between your legs right. because there is, and it's and it's not. Um, it can be really scary and sad, and it's and it does so much good work for us. It holds information. It holds mm -hmm. it hold it holds trauma, right? So if you had something traumatic happen, you're not walking around all the time freaking out. I'm not saying that that doesn't cause anxiety disorders and things like that, but your body, it, when your body does these things because it's um, just trying to survive, it's uh, we can do things to help it open up. And, and learn and find out like, oh my gosh, we're in a different place now and we can do different things. And what you provide helps people to, to, to do that. And along those lines, you know, of trauma. So unfortunately, a lot of physicians will sort of like, if a woman's really apprehensive during her gynecologic exam, they'll assume some sort of like sexual assault trauma uh -huh. when it's more just that expectation and fear around having pain. And yes, that is a piece of a lot of my patients past is that there is some sexual trauma, but not all of them. Some uh -huh. of them, maybe their trauma was actually just a really 
um, roughly handled first pap exam or, or their right. trauma could have been recurrent infections like a urinary tract infection or a yeast infection. And your body holds onto that like it's a trauma. It, it guards, it remembers the muscles stay tight, that creates tissue tightness, that can compress on nerves and give you like little nerve, you know, zings. Right. So, you know, so trauma you know, can come in many different forms. Right. If you, if, if for whatever reason your body, cause you were scared or your body just doesn't produce a, a lot of, or let's say you didn't lube up enough and you had sex with someone you really right. liked yeah. and it hurt really, really bad. Yeah. That, that would be trauma. You liked the person, you're glad you did it. And then you feel like shame and weird, you know, I, and I think that that's just, I don't think it's everybody. I don't think it's every woman, but I don't think it's so uncommon um, exactly. for women to feel like we're supposed to be a certain way and then feel guilty that we're not. I mean, I've, I've had these weird experiences where I've gone to the gynecologist and I feel like guilty that I have sex. Like it, and it's crazy, but it's part of our world. I mean, we're, we're currently living in a situation where they're about to, you know, have a discussion about, whether our bodies are, we have agency over what we do with our, our, our bodies in the Supreme Court. So like, it's not mm -hmm. so strange um, that we have these panics, these sort of shame waves and th those people out there that don't like, God love you, teach us all. Um, what else, it's such a tiny little bit, I, I, but I'm just so appreciative you're here. Is there anything else that like, you just wish every, everybody who had these parts what you want them to know? Well, you know, I just, I want them to know that there is like a way for them to access or to, I'm sorry, I want them to know that there's a way for them to access this information, um, you know, very low cost. I mean, that's why I wrote my book. Other people have written books as well that are, that are excellent, um, you know, physicians and PTs alike. So we're trying to do that to make this information more accessible. You don't need to come and see us privately and, and get that. But if you're local or you can fly to see us, fine. Telehealth now. I think so much more people are aware of that because they were forced into it with COVID. Right. Um, that, that there are, you know, the whole world is open to you to see any specialist you want. Um, and there's all this information out there for you. And also, if any provider ever told you or, or made you feel shame, then know that that's because they didn't know. And unfortunately, a lot of providers are afraid to say, I don't know. And for whatever reason, they like put up such a defense and they make it seem like it's your fault you have this pain or that you keep having this pain because they did X and Y. And if X and Y didn't work, well, then, you know, you must need to go see a psychologist or, you know, like you, uh, you know, just know the providers, I don't have a problem saying, I don't know, or I'm not sure, but I'll look that up, you know, but so many don't have that sort of uh, right. uh, ability to say that. And, and unfortunately, like they would be better off just saying nothing rather than some of the things that they've told patients that have been very dismissive, like, oh, you, you know, you must have been abused if you're reacting like this. I mean, I've had patients in therapy for 15 years trying to uncover some abuse that was never there. Um, right. When all along it was yeah, yeah, you, their back surgery that they had, <laughs> you yeah. know, like. You don't have to have a reason. This is not like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, this is not like you have to have a reason to, to dig in there. If, if you have something, then yeah, then, and you know that, then cool. If you don't, yeah. cool. You don't, you don't have to explain what's happening to your body. You, you have the right to, to 
have valid experiences with your body and say, this hurts when I do this. And, and that's yeah. it. And the important thing too, when you're seeing a like quote unquote pelvic floor PT is they should never just be looking at your pelvis. So there should be like a postural exam. They should be looking at things above and below your pelvis because that influences your pelvis and your pelvic floor and the nerves that innervate your pelvic floor. Yeah. So I'll, I'll see so many patients where all they ever had was like a pelvic floor exam by a PT. But again, like it could be coming from their back. Part of their problem could be because they had back surgery six years ago, but their pelvic pain or their painful intercourse didn't start until five years ago. That's how it happens. It's like this slow change. Yeah. If it happened the second they had their back surgery, they would have been like, oh, this is probably related to my back surgery. I started to see you because I had an injury in inside my hip that right. I couldn't fix and it was bugging me when I work out. And I had seen a physical therapist, a pelvic floor physical therapist before for pelvic floor stuff. But I originally saw you for this thing on my hip that turned out yeah. to be fixed. Related to your pelvic floor. Yeah. yeah. So there are also things where you could be like, my low back hurts. And that's yeah. actually a very convenient way to get in to those. Right. And, and the hip too, because that's very common, like hip dysfunction and pelvic floor dysfunction go hand in hand a lot of times. So people may present very orthopedically like you did, or they might have something called like piriformis syndrome where they've got like central butt pain and they're doing the traditional PT and it's just not quite working out. And it's because one of the pelvic floor muscles actually refers to that same spot that the piriformis does. And so that person actually might need a little bit of pelvic PT on board right. with their treatment plan. So we have to look at people with pain and sexual pain and sexual dysfunction as a, a whole person and evaluate them as such and see what other, um, you know, injuries or pains they have, because those could be very relevant to their pelvic area symptoms. So that's something else just really important for women or men or non-binary or whoever to understand that they should be looked at always as a whole person by their physical therapist. Right, right. And, and I don't think I was clear about this, what you do, among other things, as a pelvic floor physical therapist is she actually goes in to your body yeah. through your vagina with her fingers. It's all very uh, clinical and, mm -hmm. uh, and where you hit pressure points and kind of push down on them, I guess. And then that creates blood flow and can help the muscle either teach the muscle to relax mm -hmm. or teach the muscle to wake up. Um, and that's, that's what happens. So it is, uh, it's something else because if you're not, it's not just, it's like you go in there and you're pushing on a thing yeah. Yeah. inside and it doesn't hurt. I mean, no, I take that back. Sometimes it does a little bit, but then it goes away, it goes away. Uh, and, and it just feel like there's just a lot of like, Oh, that I wish, I truly wish every woman could get one pelvic floor physical therapy session just just yeah, to see, should just to see baseline how great your vagina can feel it's like getting like a like a deep like a shiatsu massage yeah. <laughs> it's not and it's not sexy at all you guys there's not no. this is not a sexy thing but it it is interesting to we 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 all think that there's just for that and it's just cool to be like oh no this is just it it's just at its resting state when it's awake and it's got blood flow. Yeah. Like yeah. this feels very good. And um, 
I understand where you can source a lot of power for your life with it when it's at a, a really good state. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be like, uh, you know, related to pain, but people, they, because unfortunately we do normalize so much or we've been told like, oh, that's like normal. Like when you have your period, that's normal for you to feel like that, but it might not be. And, you know, they might not have pain with sex, but they might have like bladder pain or they might feel like they have to pee all the time. A lot of that could be due to the, the pelvic floor. And by the way, though, not everyone has a vagina. So I do also do intro rectal work too right. if if i don't have the vagina too uh you know available to me because men men and women both have kegel muscles they're like hands yeah they exist on either side of the perineum and on, on women and on men they go up in and they they're like the bull that holds the sexual organ so yeah you can go in through the back door or yeah. you can go in if you're a lady, you can go in through the front door. Exactly, exactly. So, so I, I do it all, and I always tell patients like I didn't put the muscles there, but you know that's where I think your pain's coming from. So we're gonna go there when you're comfortable, you yeah. know. And and most times, because I do like 90 minute to two hours for my initial visits. By the time I get to that part of the exam, because I've already talked to them, I understand their history. I'm like really clear on the timing of when they have all their pain or their urgency or whatever. Um, I've done my orthopedic exam. So I've looked at their posture. I've seen like, you know, how tense like the muscles in their back and their hips are. So by the time we get to the pelvic exam at the very end, I mean, there's probably like one person a year that still doesn't feel comfortable with doing that on that day. Mm -hmm. But most everybody else might have come in thinking like, oh, no, this is going to happen. But that much time goes by and, they, you know, you develop that trust in that first session. Yeah. And I so. think that, that that is something to pay attention to everybody, that <laughs> the baseline should be that you feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable, it doesn't matter. It's hard when the person isn't, you know, power and you're like, I drove all the way here and whatever. To, to say, no, I don't want to do this right now. But it, yeah. it, 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 the base should be this, that someone that is uh, aware, listening to what you're saying, validating what you're saying, and, and making you feel as safe as possible. Like that is yes. what we want when we go see someone whose job is to watch over our body. It's similar to, like I always say this like micro macro thing, similar to how we want our elected officials to act. Um, it's the same thing. I appreciate you doing this so much, Heather. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for just helping spread the word because all women, all, all people need to know that this type of therapy exists and is available to them. Yes, yes. Heather Jeffcoat, she is the owner of Fusion Wellness and, and Physical Therapy. She wrote this book called Sex Without Pain. <laughs> and uh, she was my friend. And thank you so much for coming on, Heather. Thank you. Bye. Kirsten's Agenda Podcast is a Friends at Work production. It is executive produced by me, Kirsten Vangsness, and Andrea Sumter. Our producers are Natasha Bellicove, Katie Phillips, and Jeremy Gruber. Our podcast is edited by John Knowles. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, being kind is punk as fuck. Mm -hmm.